Hey, everyone, and welcome to Chef AJ Live. I'm your host, Chef AJ, and this is where I introduce you to amazing people like you who are doing great things in the world that I think you should know about. Well, my guest today is Dr. Scott Stoll, and he is generously going to extend the early bird pricing for what I really, truly believe from the bottom of my heart is the premier, the number one plant-based conference in the world. Now, listen, I'm not saying that lightly. I I haven't traveled very much since the pandemic, but before that, I probably had close to 15 years under my belt, either attending or speaking at just about every conference, cruise, resort. And I mean, I don't know how he did this because we're going to talk a little bit about why it's the best. But another thing that's so cool is if you are a healthcare professional, an allied healthcare professional, it's one of the few that really offers CEUs. And if you want to be hanging out with some really, really cool people and hearing the premier speakers from people like Dr. William Lee and Dr. Dean Ornish and Dr. John McDougall is getting the Lifetime Achievement Award this year. I'm so blessed because they invited me last year, but I had already committed to be speaking at the same time at Rancho La Puerta. And I was so conflicted because Rancho La Puerta is my favorite place in the world to go. But when I make a commitment, I like to keep it. But I'm so thankful that they asked me back because I am... Dr. McDougall has been such a friend and mentor to me that I'm just thrilled to be able to see him accept this award. You're going to learn all about the conference, how it works, why you should go, and how long the early bird pricing will last. Please welcome the man behind the conference, Dr. Scott Stoll. How are uh, you? Thank you, AJ. It is so great to be with you again. And thank you for this um, window and for supporting our conference. And thank you for joining us this year. We are thrilled that you are with us. This is amazing. It was like a dream of mine because, you know, I I, I want to say I've spoken at every conference, but I always thought I spoke at every good conference, like, you know, the McDougal uh, Advanced Study Weekend. And it was just on my bucket list, like maybe one day, because I, I know that as a chef, it's a little bit more difficult because you're you're looking for CEUs and things like that. And I was just so um, blessed when I was asked because I had attended your conference as a guest. And I just remember saying back then, because as somebody who's produced 21 conferences, first of all, I know what goes on behind the scenes. It's that people think, oh, it looks so easy. Well, you make it look easy, but it's not easy from procuring the hotel to training the chefs to, to promoting it. But I remember like you had it nailed, like the, the food at your conference, like it was perfect. It was because a lot of times these places, it's not that good or they run out because they don't understand calorie density. How did you accomplish? And this is how many, how many years now have you been doing this conference? This is 11. That's yeah, amazing. Is, uh, and you, you are pretty much the, the man with the idea behind it, right? Or at least one of several. Yeah. So, you know, this idea came out of like my own personal study for so many years to try and understand how to implement this kind of a lifestyle medicine, whole food plant-based nutrition into practice. And my uh, friend and partner on the health emergence, Tom Dunham, was having dinner with us in 2011. And I just, we were, I said, Tom, you know what? It's taken me years to be able to try and understand how to do this in practice. And so I would love to start a conference to teach other healthcare professionals what I learned over the last decade. And so my friend Tom is such a good supporter. He said, let's do it. So we jumped in with both feet. And thankfully, uh, Susan Benegas joined us along the journey because we really needed her amazing marketing mind and enthusiasm to help us pull that first conference together in 2013. And was the first one in Florida? I, I can't remember. Yes. Yeah, was, Naples, Florida was our first conference. That's exactly. And, and didn't you grow like exponentially? Like, I don't, I know, I think I remember hearing like maybe you had 300 and then you're now at 1100 attendees, something like yeah, that. Yeah, we had 180 attendees at that first conference. 
And, uh, you know, it, it grew pre-pandemic to about 1,200. And uh, so, yeah, it grew exponentially, 40 different countries. And what I was always so excited about is that, you know, whenever I ask each year how many people are new, about 80% of the audience is new. So every year we're reaching new people, which was always my goal. I didn't want to just keep preaching to the same choir every year. I wanted to reach new healthcare practitioners because they needed to reach the patients in their offices. And we found that about 70% of the attendees are physicians as well. Well, I, I imagine that since all physicians or even people that are like, I imagine that if you were like a respiratory therapist or a nurse, pharmacist, even you need CEUs. And I guess they could get them online, but this is a, a chance for not only community, but it's like great lectures from some of the premier doctors and the food. How do you, I mean, I have struggled so much with the hotels and 21 conferences. How do you get them to make it the way you ask? And how do you get them to make it up? What is your secret? The secret is Tom Dunham, my partner. You know, he starts working with the hotel a year in advance. We have recipes and he, he will wrestle the chefs to make sure that those recipes are done the right way. And as you know, it's not easy. Like you go into a hotel, <clears throat> some of the chefs have never heard about whole food plant-based nutrition. And you say, we don't want any dairy. We don't want sugar. We don't want processed flours. We don't want any processed food. We don't want any animal products. And we want to feed 1,200 people, right? So the, the chefs say, well, what are we going to cook? And, uh, you know, Tom does an amazing job educating the chefs. And I think that's why uh, the food comes out, you know, so well at our conferences. And you're right. The food is the centerpiece for bringing people together in community. And that's one of our visions. We want people to sit around tables, to meet each other, to share ideas, to grow, to collaborate, because community is where change happens. Yeah. You are also, people may not know this, and I think you're still doing, uh, you, I don't know if it's still for Whole Foods, but you also have experience doing these immersion programs. Yeah, we've been doing immersions for a very long time and, uh, you know, probably uh, 12, 13 years now. And so we've had thousands of people go through, as has Dr. McDougall and Dr. Furman and Rip Besselston. You know, uh, and it is just such a precious opportunity to be able to shepherd people through a week of lifestyle transformation, educating them, talking about behavior change, the internal journey and some of the challenges, uh, emotional journey of food, the relationship with food, and then to watch them experience. That's the most exciting part to experience maybe for the first time in decades what it actually feels like to be healthy. You know, at the end of our emergence, as you know, um, Chef AJ, people say, I haven't felt this good in 20 years. I haven't had this much mental clarity. My depression is lifting. My pain is going away. And it's just one week of the experience of a whole food plant-based diet. And experience is the best teacher. And uh, so, yeah, we love those immersions. And we, we were able to translate some of our immersion experience into these conferences. And so that's why the conference is a little bit like a mini immersion as well for the attendees. Nice. I'm going to provide the link, but when I know you've extended the early bird pricing just for our audience, when, when will the early bird pricing end Monday, the 31st? Yes. Monday, the 31st, we've extended Perfect. it that's uh, so that nice more people can join us. That's right. And uh, the conference is September 8th through the 11th in Palm Desert, California at the JW Marriott. It's a beautiful resort. Uh, and last year we just had an absolutely fabulous time. And if you're using the same hotel, they probably are familiar with the food. Yes, I think as long as the chef hasn't changed, I don't think they have. We should have really <laughs> good food again this year. And the food was, they did a marvelous job last year. They yeah. really did. 
And, and people might say, oh, wow, that's expensive. But you're serving people like something like nine meals, aren't you? Yeah, we're serving three meals a day, breakfast, lunch, dinner, whole food, plant-based meals, um, eight through the 11th. And uh, so, yes, it is. And, you know, the nice thing about that, the reason we wanted to, to provide that kind of an atmosphere and opportunity is so that, you know, when the conference finishes, people aren't running out to lunch, running out to dinner, uh, skipping breakfast and missing the real opportunity of connecting with colleagues and other people in this space. Because, you know, I really believe that we, we cultivate long-term change in this space of lifestyle medicine, plant-based nutrition through community. And without community, we're not going to see transformation. Um, and that's really why we built our conference the way that we did with, you know, one track for everyone. We don't have breakout sessions. We really wanted people to have the experience of learning and living together for those um, four days and developing relationships that can spur other projects. And that's, we have seen that come out of these conferences from lifestyle medicine centers to books, to research projects, new practices. So many things have evolved because people sat around tables and had conversations. Yeah, that's great. So it's very easy for the people signed up if they need CEUs to get them, isn't it? Yeah, it certainly is. I think we have 20, 21 or 22 CEUs this year. Um, and, you know, for physicians, healthcare providers, uh, we typically need 100 every two years. And so two PBNHCs and you're halfway there, uh, which makes it really easy. Um, so we really try to provide that learning opportunity. And every year when we go out to find speakers, um, I'm always thinking in my mind, what do I need to learn and what do we need to learn as a collective group? And I'll go out and find the speakers. And many of the speakers, I ask them to create new lectures for us. Even T. Colin Campbell, every year when I call Colin, I say, all right, Colin, we need a new lecture this year. And uh, I'll work with them to kind of begin to, to um, lay out a plan for some new content, something new they're learning that they can bring to the audience. And in that way, our, our content is up to date and fresh and new, and it's not content that people may have heard somewhere else before. You know, I don't think I see Dr. Colin Campbell this year on your roster. Uh, you know, I uh, I think he's there. Uh, oh, yes, you're right. I see. Right there. I'm sorry, because yeah. I just opened up the schedule. You're right. He's there. And when I look at the roster, which is a who's who of plant-based, there's only two names I don't recognize. Everybody else has been on my show. So let me let me read some of these presenters. Chef AJ. I'm just doing an order. Of Dr. Matt Letterman, Dr. Alona Polday, Dr. Scott Stoll, Dr. Wayne Dysinger, who was my doctor in the desert. Fabulous. Dr. Dean Ornish, Vanita Raman, Dr. Shyla Toomes-Wither, Dr. Andrew Freeman, Dr. Kushik Reddy, Dr. Alan Desmond, Dr. Not Dr., but she's a wonderful dietitian, Deepa Deshmukh, Dr. Colin Campbell, Dr. Dexter Sherney, Dr. Jeffrey Pierce, Dr. Columbus Batiste, Dr. John McDougall, who's getting the Lifetime Achievement Award, Dr. William Lee, who was just on the show Tuesday, Dr. Michelle Tolifson, Dr. Michael Greger, Dr. Michael Clapper. The only names, and you'll have to tell me who they are so I can get them on my show. I'm not familiar with Helen Powell Stoddart and Romit Batar Chaya. Yes, so uh, Dr. Helen is an amazing um, woman who's a physical medicine rehabilitation specialist like myself, uh, was you know practicing lifestyle medicine um, along with her pain management practice. 
and really began to see the power of lifestyle medicine and shifted into lifestyle medicine, especially uh, treating diabetes with a program. She's developed an amazing program that walks people through kind of a transformational experience in regenerating their bodies and uh, reversing their diabetes. And um, she's, uh, she's gonna be great. She is you know, incredibly intelligent, uh, amazing experience and a dynamic speaker. And uh, then Dr. Ramit is a Harvard uh, trained cardiologist working in preventative cardiology. And uh, he has done a lot of work in the uh, epigenetic field of cardiovascular disease susceptibility and the impact of lifestyle. He's published internationally and has uh, produced some very interesting research that um, really validates how powerful food choices are in either protecting or exposing these epigenetic susceptibilities that we may carry, especially when people are moving from a relatively kind of naive part of the world into our westernized diet and how their genes are, are super primed uh, to produce disease when they're, they encounter the westernized diet. So he's, he's gonna be a fantastic new speaker, especially because his research is being published uh, internationally. I can't wait to see them. I've never heard of them. So I look forward to that. People need to know, and maybe you can explain that even though it's heavily attended by physicians who need CEUs, just regular people like me could go and just enjoy. Yeah, we love to have anybody attend. Absolutely. It's a really unique experience. You know, the content is, um, it's fairly high level because it's at a, uh, you know, more of a, a medical uh, language. But I think that's kind of fun for the general population to come in and dig a little bit deeper and hear healthcare providers talk about the science and the life application of plant-based nutrition, disease prevention and reversal. And uh, so I, I agree with you. I think for the general population that wants to go deeper, this is a tremendous opportunity to come and learn, but also to rub shoulders with healthcare providers and some of the greats in our field and have lunch with Colin Campbell or Dean Ornish. And um, yeah, I, it's just, I agree with you. I think this is a tremendous opportunity that anybody would love uh, to come and join us and have nine great meals, as you said earlier. Yeah, I don't think any conference gets that many people of that cal caliber at their events and has such great food. Uh, Esther's asking about the hotel, our account. How does it work? Do you, you pay for the accommodations in addition to the conference? And yeah, the registration fee um, takes care of uh, all the conference uh, registration, meals, et cetera. And then the hotel or accommodations are up to the attendees. Some people that live locally just stay at home. Uh, we do have a, a rate with a hotel um, that is reduced, or you can stay at another local hotel. Uh, but yes, you're responsible for your own housing. Oh, I didn't realize you could stay at another hotel. That's very sure, you're obligated to stay there. We, you know, it's beneficial because you don't have to drive over. You can walk up and uh, enjoy the fellowship before and after the day. But uh, yes, if people have locations or accommodations elsewhere, they can certainly stay there. Wow. Is it, I got a question for me because I used to live in the desert and it's very warm. If, are you going to keep the hotel freezing like some? Oh, we, <laughs> as you know, us plant-based people, we get chilly. So we're always working with the hotel to try and accommodate the uh, the air conditioning and make it warmer. Uh, but yes, that's we we do try to work on that. But hotels, as you know, they keep the hotel so cold. It's uh, crazy, isn't it? It is really. Uh, it's amazing. Uh, it's 
Well, as long as I can get some hot water or some hot tea somewhere, I'll be fine. I don't know why they think it keeps people awake because it really <laughs> makes me want to go to sleep. We're but all burning calories, shivering, right? That is a beautiful hotel. And for people that don't know this, the Palm Springs Airport is one of the most accessible, pleasant. Air- it's not like going to LAX or LaGuardia no. or O'Hare. I, you know, yeah, I used to live there. It was It's just delightful. Southwest flies there now. They didn't used to have Southwest. It's like going to, it's just a it's just a wonderful, easy. I love about this airport is it's kind of outside. So while you're waiting for your flight, you don't have to be indoors. If you can be indoors, but it's a, it's a very nice airport, the Palm Springs Airport, and it's not far from the venue at all. Right. Yeah, it's such an easy town in and out. Um, you know, the airport, like you said, is beautiful. I love sitting outside while you wait for your flight. That's that's the perfect lifestyle medicine uh, airport. And it's, you know, 20, 30 minute drive over to the hotel from there and, and a very easy drive without LA traffic. So, yeah, well, that's fantastic. I look forward to seeing you again. And is there a virtual option for people? Maybe they live in a country that's just a little bit too far to travel or they can't get make it that week. Yeah, we, we have uh, evolved, especially through COVID. That's one of the, the good things actually that came out of the pandemic was this evolution of um of digitizing conferences and content. And so we do produce a a live uh, and recorded version, virtual version of our conference that's available for anybody around the world. And, uh, you know, we just want this information to get into the hands of people, healthcare practitioners, students and faculty everywhere. And so people can sign up for a virtual um, registration online at plantritionproject.org. And uh, you can watch it from uh, Phuket, Thailand. You can watch it from Tokyo, Japan. You can watch it from, you know, anywhere in the world and, yeah. uh, and participate and get all the great content and uh, be a part of this great event. The virtual registration also allows you to have access after the conference uh, to continue to go back, review those. And then for um, a short period of time, you're also available uh, to get the CMEs or CEUs that are associated with the conference through the virtual event as well. So it's a great value for people that are not not able to travel and be a part of that community and a great opportunity to log in and join us and uh, be a part of this great event. Yeah. Do you you get a fair, I mean, now that COVID, most COVID restrictions have lifted. Do you anticipate a larger in-person attendance and maybe less people online or are there people that just aren't going to be able to make it because of, you know, maybe they live too far? Yeah, it's interesting. Last year we had, you know, almost a balance between virtual and live. And uh, I think we're expecting the same. We'll have a nice, robust group of, of live attendees and a beautiful community of people coming together. Um, and I think this this virtual opportunity will be about the same number uh, of people around the world that are that are logging in and joining us. That is so amazing. What if people that attend live, can they still get the recordings if they want to watch them again yes, later? Exactly. That's exactly right. We make those available for people so they can go back and watch and okay. uh, and learn from some of those amazing lectures where, as you know, you hear something and you think you're going to remember it, but after 25 lectures, you you don't. So it's great to be able to go back and review some of those lectures yeah. again. I mean, your days are fully packed from first thing in the morning till after dinner. There's there's it's quite I mean, it's not it's not a sit around by the pool. conference. <laughs> no, that's right. Yeah, this is really a, a conference with the intention of educating healthcare professionals. So it is full our early breakfast. You know, we start early with our lectures. We go through early afternoon, finish and have dinner together. 
Um, and then we do have some uh, evening activities um, that will, you know, be recognizing John McDougall, et cetera. So yeah, it's a full event. It's, uh, That's exciting. it's wonderful. Can I ask, and if you can't tell me, I understand like who's going to be giving him the award, like who's going to introduce him? I'm just curious. Oh, that would be me. Oh, wow. That's amazing. That privilege. Yes, I have the privilege. Well, that, that's going to be very gratifying because it's really, it's on his shoulders that many of us stand, you know, and he's right. actually giving a talk on the shoulders he stood on. So that's right. I know it's, it's such a beautiful um, way to remember and honor the people that have gone before us because all of us are building on the work of people before us and uh, I just believe that honoring you know the um, the elders the people that have done that work is so important and I yeah. don't want to ever forget them absolutely you just you just reminded me of a joke I'm going to tell it I don't it's, <laughs> so so there's a there's a little boy in church and uh, he noticed that the the the, the American flag was uh, at half mast so he said to the the pastor he said um pastor why is the flag at half mast and he said well it's to honor and commemorate those who died in service in the service and the little boy said is the nine o'clock service or the 11 o'clock service <laughs> that's good I love it <laughs> are you able to recall the past lifetime achievement winners from the past years sure yeah it's uh we had t colin campbell of course we had caldwell esselston uh we have brenda davis michael clapper hans deal so privileged that we got to honor hans deal several years ago at our conference and uh and just so excited about that yeah nice and, nice uh, yeah. and now john mcdougall so um, you know yeah. they're going to be honored, right? I mean, we do. We we wanted to, you know, in the first couple of years, um, starting with uh, you know Colin Campbell, Michael Clapper, uh, we surprised them, and uh, then when we got to Hans Deal, we said, you know, we probably need to start letting people know so they can invite their families, and uh, you know, allow their families to participate in a celebration. So we've made a shift there, and. We've started to invite the families and let people know ahead of time so they can come and celebrate that yeah. incredible life that we're honoring. I think that's a good idea because I was honored with the, uh, I'm in the Vegetarian Hall of Fame from the North American Vegetarian Society. And it was a surprise. And I don't like surprises. I was there in a sweatsuit, no makeup, <laughs> with my arms crossed in the back thinking, when can I go already? And then they called my name. And because it'd be nice to have, you know, a speech prepared. I mean, there is some spontaneity that's nice, but I appreciate that you tell the people in advance that they're going to be getting an award, you know? Oh, and Dean Ornish. I forgot Dean Ornish. I'm sorry. Nice. Yeah. Dean. yeah. Oh, and do they do they get like a little commemorative plaque? Yeah, what we do, we actually have an artist create a one-of-a-kind plaque for them. And it's a, usually it's a piece of fruit or a vegetable with their um with their name on it. And then I create some language to just tell them how we're honoring them, what we remember their life by. I sure hope McDougal's is a potato. It has to be, right? <laughs> I mean, come on. It's like, I, you got to you gotta, you gotta. Yeah, it has to be a potato. Um, Jennifer, who's watching live, says, how do you sign up if you're virtual and how long will the virtual replays be available? Yeah, so if you will go uh, to pbnhc.com, uh, uh, you'll find all of the registration information there. And you can see the um, PBNHC uh, on demand. And so that little section right there um, will give you the information uh, about signing up for the on-demand. Um, 
And I've been posting that link in the chat in the show notes. So Jennifer, just click it. I just posted it again. It will take you to both in-person and virtual registration. Yeah, that's going to be great. I cannot wait. Do, do, do you think most of the people do stay at the hotel, though, just for convenience? Uh, yes, I, most people do stay at the hotel. It's just more convenient. We get great rates. And uh, and it's fun to be around everybody at, that, at the conference. You know, I see so many people after the evenings going out together, sitting around, visiting, um, running together, walking, exercising in the gym. You know, just that's going to be fun, but, but there's no like night activities, like talent show or game night or anything like that. Right. I'm not this year, but we're thinking about adding some of those things next year. Okay. We want to make it a really fun event. That would have been good. I could, I could with the education. I could have hosted the, the virtual or the stand-up comedy event. Now you move it around. This is unusual for you to have it in the same location two years in a row, isn't it? Well, you know, we have, um, we've had it in the same location uh, in Anaheim. We had it at the, uh, we've had it in Anaheim a number of years. Uh, and then we shifted to Oakland to try and go to Northern California. And then we had COVID. Uh, so we tried to find a, lo a location outside of major city. We found um, this location. So we're going to be here this year. <clears throat> we'll be back in Anaheim next year. Back here in 2025, I, you know, tentatively. And uh, then we may look at going to the East Coast. I don't know. Just to no, 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 go to East Coast. Up, but... no East Coast. Come to Sacramento. <laughs> There's no conferences up here. Sacramento is a wonderful international it's airport. Beautiful. And think about it this way. Well, first of all, there's a ton of doctors up here between the UC Davis Health System and Sutter and Kaiser. So there's a lot of doctors here. Two, less than two hour drive from San Francisco, UCSF, two hours from Tahoe. I think you get a lot of people here in Sacramento. Yeah, that's, and it's a beautiful part of California. Yeah. And then you can have Dr. John Scharfenberg, who's the hundred. Yeah, right. Yes. He, I, I almost, I mean, I it's not my conference, but I almost feel he should get some kind of lifetime achievement award just for living so long. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. And being so functional at a hundred. Oh my God. He's just been invited to speak in China. And you know, he was on my channel. Nobody had heard of him. And I, I I'm taking the credit for skyrocketing him to success because he's like, now he's getting invitations to speak all over the world. And he wrote me, he goes, I thought I was going to retire, but now I got all these offers. What am I going to do? Great. You know? I love it. Nice. All the way to the end. I think he's amazing. I just think so. So how, who decides who wins the award? Do you guys get together and like talk about? Uh... We do. You know, it's really just Tom, Susan and I. Uh, and we'll kind of put together a couple names and talk with our small team about it. And uh, we'll recognize those individuals. You know, it's so it's we just really, you know, we want to make sure that we recognize uh, especially that that group that is uh, that's been doing this a really long time. Right. You know, they have they've taken a lot of knocks and hard times and, you know, been outcasts in some of their societies. And so we just really want to make sure that we thank them. Uh, and uh, so that's that first kind of top tier that we're working through. Yeah. Do most speakers that you ask um, want to come back after they've been there? They do. Yeah, they do. And, you know, it's, I'm always um, it's really challenging because we have so many great speakers. But every year I want to make sure we're getting lots of new content out there and not just a replay of last year. So we do have a few speakers that come back um, year after year, T. Colin Campbell, Dean Ornish. Uh, but most of our speakers are new. And then we'll rotate some of those that have been there a couple of years ago back in with new content. 
And uh, we just want to keep the content fresh and up to date and exciting and cutting edge. And so we're, we're really trying to every year evolve our content and our speaker list. Any um, past uh, conferences or uh, anything come to mind, like either funny moments or, or poignant moments from previous conferences that you can share? Because I've done 21 conferences and one actually involving Hans Deal always comes to mind when people ask me about conferences. So anything in your database that you can remember? Oh, uh, let's see. Uh... Yeah, you know, kind of a funny one. Uh, we had a conference at a Hotel Marriott in, in Anaheim. And uh, like first breakfast, we completely ran out of food. And the chef came running out and said, your people are eating too much food. Like, oh, my yeah. God. We Thank told you. you, we told you that these healthy plant-based people eat a lot of food. And he refused to make the quantities that we asked him to make. And we completely ran out of breakfast. So. You know, it's, uh, First of all, it's none of his business, even if they weren't healthy, how much they eat. If you're paying for it, this is what I don't understand. This is the same problem I've encountered with hotels, which is why I started using, you know, caterers like Chef Ramses Bravo, who understand calorie density. They should be required to, to, to read like volumetrics or eat more. They should because they don't understand that a serving of asparagus isn't three spheres. That's right. Exactly. That's right. So we spend yeah, now we spend a lot of time educating them. Yeah, uh, and telling them those stories. That's that's right. I know. And one other poignant moment I just remembered because it just like is so poignant and a reminder of um, the humility and I think the, the quality of the leadership in our space. You know, we had a conference when our first conference was uh, 2013 in Naples, Florida. And, um, you know, Dr. Caldwell Esselstyn had a delay and arrived late. He got in like, at, you know, nine o'clock at night. And he knew that William Lee was speaking and he'd always wanted to hear Will Lee. So he said to me, he said, do you think I can watch the replay? And so I have this great picture of, it's like 9.30 or 10 o'clock at night. Dr. Essie is in the back of the room with headphones on watching Dr. Lee's uh, lecture. And to me, that just really epitomizes, you know, not only his humility, but I think he's representative of our space that so many of the people are actively looking to continue the learning process, to improve themselves, to, um, to glean from other leaders. And they won't stop until they, they, um, they, they learn more. And so, you know, that, that is a poignant moment that just really solidified for me. This is a group of people that I want to run with in life. He's such a, he's such a, well, I, I'd call him a mensch, but he's just so humble, Dr. Esselstyn, as is Dr. Campbell, you know, they're just, yeah. they're just great people. Are we allowed to ask about that one time with that one speaker who was not so nice to plant-based people? Because I learned from that, that if I want to have him on my show or interview him in the summits, it's just, you know, that, that. You know, I mean, I, I got it was OK, but like I heard and I heard it from other people. It was like the shot heard around the world. People were saying that because because not everybody that comes to your conference is vegan or even plant based. But I think most of them are more plant forward. But uh, this particular speaker apparently, I guess, did a bait and switch. I don't think he's watching. So we can say his name, Dr. Robert Lustig. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, like uh, we've had a couple of speakers through the through the years and uh you know, I'm always a bit of a risk taker and I'll, I'll calculate risk, but sometimes you get on the up, the downward side of that. And uh, so, you know, I, uh, yeah, we had invited him to speak 
And I'd had some conversations because he, you know, I thought he did a pretty good job of documenting how the sugar industry, um, you know, capitalized on reward systems and created a problem in our country. And so I said, you know, I had a couple of conversations. And I said, this is what I'm really interested in you speaking about. I really want to put the guardrails on because this is the content. And I know that we have differences in what we believe about nutrition, but this is what I'd like you to come talk about. And then I said, but this is what I don't want you to talk about. You know, I said, our conference is really designed. We, we intentionally don't create um, antagonistic environments or conflict. You know, and that's not something that we believe in. We're trying to look uh, from just a scientific standpoint, but not argue over some of these, uh, these other aspects. I said, are you able to do that? He said, sure. And so <laughs> I, I took him at his word and uh, he stood up at the podium and he launched in from the very beginning on T. Colin Campbell. And, and was, was, was Dr. Campbell there? Yes, yes. I was, just, I, mean, I was shocked. Not, you know, I was looking for the hook. To see that, if could. that is okay. Is he's he's allowed to disagree, but that is not yeah. gentlemanly behavior to to attack another speaker. That's I saw that happen to Colin, and Colin's just so gentle; he doesn't fight back. You know, right? And that's not the time or place, you know, to do something like that, and not where the the other person doesn't have the opportunity to give a rebuttal. Yeah. Uh, and so, you know, as you know, when you invite speakers, you do your best to help guide their talk. And sometimes they go off script, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah I'll, I'll, I think being a conference producer is one of the most stressful. It's much more stressful than speaking. Do you agree to have to be the oh, one? There's who, so many, yeah, so many, there's so many things that can go wrong. My one of my not favorite, but one of the most memorable moments is when we have, you know, our conferences is mostly doctors and they get, well, we always ask them in advance how much time they need. And usually it's about a 75 minute slot, an hour to do their PowerPoint and 15 minutes for questions. And then we have somebody, a volunteer in the front row with these gigantic cards. Sometimes we have the the, the countdown, but in the past, like a big card, yellow with black letters, 15 minutes left, 10 minutes left, five minutes left. And so I'm not going to say the person's name, but this doctor said, you can hold that card up all day, but I'm not getting off the stage until I'm ready. And the thing is, it's so disrespectful to all the other speakers who now have, to have their time cut because, you know, it's so people are interesting, aren't they? When you hire them for speaking. <laughs> we are interesting creatures, aren't we? Like when I'm a speaker, I try never to be a prima donna because I'm going to be invited back, you know? That's right. Yeah. Grateful for the opportunity. Stay within the limits. That's yeah. right. And, you know, like the behind the scenes that so many people don't realize all the details that have to get taken care of. Like, I remember so many years when our little small but mighty team would be like stuffing oh, 1200 bags to get ready for the next day. And, you know, just going through the stack of information, filling all these bags hours after hours, getting bags ready for the conference. And, uh, you know, it's, people don't realize that somebody has to stuff 1200 bags and yeah usually a pretty small group of us that do that so people don't realize yeah. volunteers are really the heart of everything they so um, victoria saying she's so glad it's in palm springs it's close to her so we hope if you're not already registered victoria you will you have the same maiden name as me ah. uh, oh goodman yeah uh, i mean um here's a question since you are a doctor and we got it in the chat i think you could probably answer this especially because of the work you do with the immersions 
And Lisa, who's watching live says, I was able to get off insulin eating whole food plant-based, but my doctor is reluctant to stop the statin she prescribed for me. What does Dr. Stoll think? What, what criteria can I monitor to know if I really need a statin? All right, Lisa, thank, that's a great question. Congratulations, getting off insulin, that is incredible. You have done an amazing job uh, to make a transformation in your lifestyle to the point where you're discontinuing insulin is really something to be proud of. So I congratulate you on that. That is fabulous. Um, you know, the statins are, uh, <clears throat> it's a little bit controversial even in our space. There's uh, primary prevention, uh, which, you know, and secondary prevention. So if somebody's had a heart attack, a lot of the cardiologists will recommend a statin following a, a heart attack in order to prevent <clears throat> secondary events. And in that space, um, I think the evidence is, is more clear that people should take a statin, although there are many in our space as well that would say that if your cholesterol is, is normal, LDL is below 70 um, and your you know, total cholesterol is under 150, that you probably don't need a statin, but there are also cardiologists that would say, you know, unless your cholesterol is below 50, you probably need statin. So that decision, I usually leave up to the cardiologist that is managing someone's heart condition after a heart attack. Uh, you know, there's the, then there's the, the larger group of people that are on statins because they have a high cholesterol. And I believe that, you know, if you can get your cholesterol down with diet, exercise, stress reduction, you know, below 150 LDL, for sure below 100, you don't have a significant uh, family history of heart disease, then diet and lifestyle are the key. And you do not need a statin. So I just look at the, I just follow the numbers. And it's incredibly powerful, as you know, Chef AJ. I was working with somebody over in Dubai, um, 54 years old, in great shape, <clears throat> working out, you know, hour and a half a day, and uh, significant family history of heart disease, not eating very well, stressed, drinking some uh, wine every day, had a massive heart attack. Um, his LDL was 250. You know, if we're trying to get an LDL below 70, <clears throat> he was at 250. But just, you know, two months later, his LDL is 50 after a really good uh, diet and lifestyle intervention. So just to encourage you that it is possible to, um, you know, to drop that, that down. And if you're not in the heart attack group and you can get it to that level, I encourage you to stop the statin because, um, it's your diet is far more powerful and comprehensively protecting you than a statin would be. Yeah, thank you. You know, I, I still am, I'm keep spinning on what you said that chef said, because even if it's true, isn't that a good thing that the people are eating a lot? I mean, you know? Yeah, I, I, well, I think for their, probably the, uh, the, the kitchen's margins, financial margins, it's not good. That oh, I see what you're saying. Food, but right? then, then you have to offer to pay them more, but they, they should make what they, they committed to making, you know, do exactly, you explain the them about why they're not using oil? Does, is somebody able to explain that to them? Uh, we do. Yeah. I mean, Tom does such an amazing job of educating the, the chefs uh, at the hotels. We have a packet that we give to the hotel that explains all of this information about oil and dairy and meat, et cetera, and uh, sugar. And then we answer questions and Tom follows up with them to make sure that they're following the guidelines. And, and you know, so we, sort of, we, we really want this to be <clears throat> not just, you know, here's our, our, our guidelines, cook it for us. We want to educate the chefs too. And we have 
you know, from our conferences, I'm sure you do too, you know, from uh, people that have been filming our conference to chefs to volunteers that have just been in the space that are experiencing this um, environment and educational opportunity have radical life transformations themselves because they taste it, see it, learn it, live it, and their lives are transformed. And so I love that kind of secondary effect of the event. Yeah. Is there a speaker that you're wanting to get that either you haven't reached out to yet or it hasn't been able to come that's on your Well, radar? that would be for 2024. Um, yeah, there, you know, there are, uh, there are a few speakers. And so <clears throat> what I'm going to do actually, you know, for your audience and you, you know, we're always trying to, um, you know, source new speakers. And, and uh, so if you have any of you all have speakers that you would like us to see, um, or think that would be a fabulous uh, physician or healthcare practitioner speaker, please let us know. You know, I think that's, that's great. I, I don't know everyone. And there are people that are, you know, coming into this space that are incredibly talented. And uh, I'd love to get them on the stage too. Absolutely. Well, I've done 1600 shows, so I probably could think of a few people that you have. <laughs> well, congratulations. Yeah, that's a lot of shows. Yeah. Uh, so as Susanna says, Dr. Stoll, any plans for another documentary? Disease Reversal Hope is fantastic. Oh, thank you for watching that. That's um, yeah. Dan Purgis, uh really was the producer of that from a book that he and I co-authored called Disease Reversal Hope. And, you know, we believe in the power of stories to help validate the evidence and inspire people to change. And so that was a special project because we took a number of the stories from the book and um, Marilee and Paul from Small Box Entertainment went on the road and did an incredible job of filming and documenting those stories. So Disease Reversal Hope is a little bit different documentary because it's not as many talking heads and it's a lot more of the individual stories because we wanted people that are struggling to see somebody like them and to be inspired that something that they didn't believe was possible is actually possible and achievable. Uh, we don't have any plans to do another one yet, <clears throat> hopefully in the future, but I do appreciate the encouragement and I uh, thank you. And if any of your Audience has not seen that. Disease, Disease Reversal Hope is a really inspiring documentary. Absolutely. And one of the members or people you featured in the book, Esther Loveridge, is here watching live. Oh, uh, Esther, hello there. Thank you for joining us. She lives near me. So if you do a conference up here, she can give a testimonial because she didn't oh, do it until she was in her 70s, you know, so people think it's too late. Nope. Alisa, uh, thanks you for ask, answering the questions that she asked. And somebody asked, um, if if you can't lower your cholesterol naturally, what about amla or bergamot? Yeah, so there's a couple of uh, of, of herbs. Um, you know, the cholesterol story is really a, it's a big story. It's much bigger than the pharmaceutical industry likes us to believe because they created a narrative that makes it very easy to sell medication. <clears throat> high cholesterol, high risk of heart disease, take the drug, low cholesterol, low risk of heart disease but it's much more complicated than that. And so there are, you know, because of our epigenetics, the, the genes that we inherit from our family that are, that are susceptible to lifestyle changes um, make us, you know, more or less susceptible to the things that we eat. And we also have some people that have higher production levels of cholesterol. Um, but what's interesting is there are lots of people that have high cholesterol, never have a heart attack and people that have 
low cholesterol and have a heart attack. So it's much more than just cholesterol. It's lifestyle, it's stress, it's avoiding toxins and alcohol, it's exercise, and it's, it's a whole food plant-based diet. But uh, there are some herbs, you know, that some people do the red yeast rice, which is more of a natural statin, actually. Uh, the bergamot and the amla, as you said. But I really want to like first help people dial in their diet and lifestyle. I found that there are some things that can drive cholesterol in their lifestyle, including coconut products, um, too many peanuts with some saturated fat, and some other um, components of a, a, a diet and lifestyle that can uh, result in an elevated cholesterol. <clears throat> and so, you know, it's at making sure you're getting plenty of greens, um, plenty of, of beans and uh, cruciferous vegetables, uh, adding in those, you know, beautiful sweet potatoes, um, some of the starches. Uh, and, you know, if, you, if you're doing an excellent job first with your lifestyle, then you can maybe look at some of the secondary things. But what I, I found through the years is that people do uh, and this is not this individual. I'm just saying in general, my patients that uh, they, you know, they go, they do a pretty good job with their diet, and then they start looking to add supplements to, you know, um, to get that extra uh, benefit. But they don't see as much benefit, so they add more supplements, and you know, they can end up with you know, a couple hundred dollars a month in supplements when it's really just refining the diet that would do it. Great. Well, speaking of greens, there's a question from a live viewer named Bit. And the question is, can you ask the good doctor what he thinks of a diet of white potatoes, red cabbage, collard greens, beets, kales, and an occasional watermelon, banana, and cosmic apple? Are two pounds of greens enough? <laughs> that's uh, two pounds of greens a day? Yeah, uh, I think in a day, yeah. Wow, that's, that's, that's super. Uh, I mean, that sounds like a really healthy diet. You know, one thing that we do know is that the greater the diversity of the diet, the greater the benefit for the microbiome. And so I'm always encouraging people, I mean, that sounds like a fabulous diet. Two pounds of greens is off the charts. <clears throat> um, but I'm always encouraging people, look for ways to add in more variety into your week, you know, 40, 60 different types of fruits and vegetables, beans, grains, lentils, uh, et cetera. Uh, on a on a weekly basis because it really does have benefit for your microbiome. If you start getting too narrow, it's not as as beneficial for the microbiome. So that sounds like a good diet. Just keep expanding and adding in some new things and new opportunities along the way. Speaking of microbiome, have you ever had Dr. Will B speak? We have. We have a couple of years ago. Yeah, yeah. he's fabulous. Yeah, nice. Well, I cannot wait to come. Thank you so much for having me. Um, you know, I used to live there, so it's not going to be a problem. I'll, I know exactly where to go and uh, maybe I'll visit some old friends while I'm there. And But I'll, I'll be at the conference the whole time. We are so excited you're going to be there. Yeah. It's going to be so fun. And uh, uh, people that are going to be attending your workshop are in for a delightful, educational, fun-filled um, transformational experience. I mean, I sure hope so. <laughs> you do. Uh, you are amazing. Man. I'm it's, a little rusty. It's honor that you're joining us. You know, I think the last time we spoke together was either at that conference in Florida or the one up, was it Walla Walla? I think Walla I'm Walla, Washington. Yes, that's yeah. right. Yeah, we, we hang, we go to the same place. So it starts Friday morning, September 8th, right? 8th, correct. And it right. goes to Monday afternoon, September 11th. You've got it. That's right which is Dr. Doug Lyle's birthday and early bird pricing. I, I'm incorrect. It's not till the 31st. I was uh, one of your staff wrote me. It's midnight on the 24th, but you still have several days to make up oh, your mind. 
right. even without the early bird pricing, it's worth it just in terms of what you get and all the CEUs and all the fun stuff. So guys, honestly, it's, I mean, especially now that Dr. McDougall's not doing his conference, this is the best conference you will ever attend and get to meet all the famous doctors and like-minded people and have delicious food. And it's in California. What could be better? Well, thank you so much, Dr. Stoll. Thank you for the work. I know how hard you must be working now in the final months because I do conferences and it's just, you don't sleep until like it's over. <laughs> yeah. And thank you so much for all of your support. We are grateful uh, for this time, for your support. Um, can't thank you enough. Yep. Jill concurs. It is in capitals, the best conference. I mean, you could, I could talk about it all day until you experience it. You know, I know people like the cruise and they like this, but this is, yeah. if you, if you save your money for this one, if you can't go next year, this year, go next year. And then you come back. If, if you don't think it's the best conference, I'll going to say, I'll give you your money back, but it's not mine to do. I'll, I'll, I'll send you a book or something like that because it is the best. All right. Well, Love thanks you. so much, Dr. Stoll. I'll all right. Thanks a lot. Have a great Take day. Care. Thanks, AJ. Thank you. Bye-bye. And thanks all of you for watching another episode of Chef AJ Live. Please come back at 9 a.m. tomorrow. We're going to be talking about food addiction with Dr. Ashley Gearhart. Take care, everyone. Bye.